Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. But hello, everybody. What's going on? Today is Sunday. It's the 18th of January, 2018. If you would like to contact me, I have the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731. If you want to send an email, have me read it for you, or send some audio, and I'll play it for you. Email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. Over on the website are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There's also a PayPal donation button. I'm hoping that maybe by next week i will have an instagram button up there and you can check that stuff out and i'm hoping to put more and more stuff on instagram facebook is it's one of those things where it's convenient it's sort of the 800 pound gorilla but they're making it harder and harder to use half the time it seems i put stuff up and most people don't see it you know i don't know um so we'll we'll try some different things and kind of see what's going on with that okay um Unfortunately, we had some very bad news that came out of Florida. There was the school shooting in which I believe about 17 people lost their lives. So I, uh, my heart goes out to those people. I uh, can't imagine what they're going through. And, of course, there are some people that are offering what I would call almost like fantasy solutions to the problem that we're experiencing. And, you know, this ban all guns or take all guns away. Look, in this country, guns aren't going to go away. The American people just aren't going to stand for it. And partially, it's because they know that it's not sort of the correct solution for that, that problem. You can't blame the majority for the actions of an individual type thing. So, but anyway, what I have have long thought would be a a step in the right direction would be to have concealed carry people at school. And that's going to, that's going to be the faculty of the school. My wife and I had talked about, well, could you have parents there? And it would be one of those things where it would be difficult to have parents just because people are still people. And if there is danger there, and if you happen to be a parent who's armed at your child's school, if, if you know that they're the child, that your child is potentially in danger you're not going to stay at the other end of the building and stay at your post, so to speak. You're probably going to go to your child. It's almost going to be impossible for you not to. So I don't know that having parents come in and do volunteer work or something like that, uh, or, or being volunteer armed guards or, or what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Armed staff, maybe, I guess is probably the proper term. Uh, but I do think having the faculty at the school get the proper training understand what to do. And by proper training, I mean they would actually have drills at the school, come back at school when nobody's there and kind of run through the stuff, understand what's going on and actually really get stuff going so that they could competently and and with confidence deal with that situation if it ever arises again. And we know that it is going to arise again. And partially we know it's going to arise again because unfortunately there's not going to be the political will from our so-called representatives to take some steps to help reduce 
this from occurring again. It's not. It's gonna. It's gonna be such a a political hot potato that they're not. I don't think that they're going to actively start to say, okay, well, here's what we need to do in the schools. They're also not going to do stuff. Look, when when I was a kid in school, if you had somebody who was really a troublemaker, that person was expelled, and they don't really do that anymore. If you're probably within ten to fifteen years of me, I'm fifty one. If you're within that 10 to 15 year window, even if you're younger than me, that's probably how it went in your school. When I was a probation officer, part of the thing that I had to do was go see kids at school. And what they were doing, it was very, very difficult to expel a kid. Now, I think that the kid back here had been expelled uh, prior. So he, so there were, there would have been a lot of bells and whistles um, going off and alarms going off that this kid was that something needed to be done and there needed to be some more intervention, more intervention than just kicking him off a of campus and saying, you can't come to this school anymore. So I wish, you know, I wish I had the solution. I wish I could say, okay, do A, B and C and everything stops and this never happens again. But unfortunately, like I said before, I do think that there will, there, this will occur again. It will occur probably with a AR-15 type weapon or a, some type of semi-automatic striker fired pistol not because those guns are bad or that those guns lead people down the evil path. It's just that's what's most common. Those, that's what's out there. If, if all that was out there were lever actions or shotguns, then that's what would be used in the school shootings. Again, my thoughts go out to those people, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll start to do something in this country to, to lessen the risk that our kids take when they're at school. All right. I went to the range on Friday and shot the old RMR on the Glock some more. I have not noticed any uh, deviation as far as the screws moving. I haven't noticed any deviation as far as uh, when you're clicking, when you're doing your adjustments for windage or elevation, that type of thing. Those seem to, the, the marks seem to be staying there. I've probably shot close to around about 250 rounds through it now. Uh, I also haven't noticed any movement of the actual plate. So, so far so good. What I have, well, what it's done is it's cemented for me that probably, if not the RMR, some type of red dot is going to be the sighting solution for me going forward. Now, having spoken about that, I did get some feedback. I was pulling it up here on the computer uh, from Thomas out in Oregon. And he was asking a couple of questions about the RMR and the, what, what MOS is and all that type of stuff. So I'll just go ahead and read it out real quick. It says, can you explain if there is a difference between RMR and Glock's MOS? Is the MOS just the name of the spot you put an RMR? Also, how does a red dot make it better to shoot compared to just putting the front sight in the V-notch. What's so dramatic about an illuminated dot over the same target iron sights would be over. And that's thanks from Thomas out in Oregon. All right, Thomas. Well, I will try and fumble around here and see if I can't answer those questions. So first of all, the the difference between uh, maybe... Uh, RMR, MOS, I'm not, I think what you're asking is, is there uh, a different, maybe a, a difference in the specific 
cut that you would have to the slide. So the MOS just stands for, what is it, modular, modular optics system, something like that. And basically what it is is that it's, it's just pre-milled from the factory. So you have a, your, your cutout there on the slide and, they, and they've left the dovetail so that the cutout is in front of the dovetail. Now, some people will, if they don't, if they're going with a different thing, some people will mill that whole thing out they'll, and they'll go back toward into the dovetail and they'll have it milled out and then they'll actually put a rear sight in front of the red, whichever red dot that they have. Other people will want a rear sight behind the red dot and then they'll use their other, their front sight to help co-witness. And it sits down in their, it sits down into that milled out slot. So in essence, I guess that you're kind of right that that's just sort of the, the modular optic system is just sort of the name of the spot where they're on, on their slide where they want it to be milled out. And that's kind of the, the place where they want you to put their their uh their mounting system i guess for lack of a better better phrase maybe if i can say mounting system more that'll help you more anyway so it is in a way it's very similar to what i have with the outer impact plate in that depending on which optic that you're going to run you'll use either plate one two three or four i i i know they have one for a loophole they have one for the RMR, they have ones for like Doctor and there's a couple, there's two or three others. I can't remember which ones, but they have ones for that. And then I imagine if you had one that was different, if you had maybe like a Vortex or you had, I don't know, I don't even know. I can't think off the top of my head right now what other stuff would be out there, but you may be able to, what I was talking about before, you may be able to have a plate made for you that you could mount that on to uh, if Glock didn't make one for the particular site that you had. So anyway, now as far as, so I hope that answers that part, but as far as how for me, and that's, that's, this will sort of be the representatives representative sample of one. But for me, if I look at it as, okay, I've got the sighting system of the front sight and rear sight on the handgun or I've got the sighting system of just the RMR. And with me, remember if, if you go over and look at the website, I did show that picture where I, I put the Sharpie on the back of the piece of tape and put the tape on the RMR. So I've got at least a reference, a little Sharpie mark. So in theory, I kind of have a, a rear sight. I just, I'm just running the regular factory sites of the front. So they're not high enough because the way that the plate sits on there, they're not high enough where I can't really co-witness it. What that mark on the back did for me was gave me a reference point. And now I've got to the point where probably high 90 percentile, I see the dot. It's very rare that I don't see the dot. And when I don't, I can generally understand what I'm doing wrong and I can correct for that. So getting back to your thing, for me, it does make it better. And that is because I have crappy vision. I'm very nearsighted. And as the prescription, and I've got progressive lenses. So in theory, I could see that front and rear sight together. But I have to kind of camp my head back. And then the, the target goes super blurry and I'm in an awkward position. If I don't do that and I just do take like a normal firing stance, then... 
that front and rear sight are both pretty blurry and I'm getting kind of a blob and I just put and I kind of focus at that point I put the blur onto the target on where I want to go and it it does okay however with and I'm still sort of and also I'm still sort of I guess maybe trying to jump back and forth in those focal planes I'm trying to get that front and rear sight lined up and I'm trying to be aware of what the target is that type of thing with the red dot, what happens is, is I'm only, I've sort of, I look through through the window and the, and if I've done my part and got lined up correctly, the dot appears on the target. And if it was a fast thing, I could do it and I could easily get it on a man-sized target. If I want to do a thing where I want to take a, a more of a precision shot, I can still take my time, line it up, but I'm focusing on putting that dot on that target where I want that thing to go. And like I said before, generally... Uh, so far, my point of impact and point of aim haven't really changed. It's if I'm doing my part, it impacts where that dot is, whether I'm up close or far away. And for me, up close would be like five between five yards and maybe 25 yards. Uh, it's it's hitting where I want it to hit if I do if I do my part. So for me, it is a better. It's not that the red dot is a magic wand or anything, but it is a better siding system for me some people will say well you know is it uh well what happens if the battery goes down what happens if you know this that and the other happens what happens if it's raining what happens if you get dirt on them blah, 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 blah. well i wear i wear glasses so if it's if it's pouring down rain i'm going to be kind of occluded anyway um and i'm going to have to deal with it at that point i have to deal with whatever the situation hands me and that's sort of the same thing it's not that it's always going to be this perfect thing that solves every problem, but what it does is it gives me the best option to be able to accurately put the round where I want it to go. And so then your last thing, Thomas, was about what's so dramatic about an illuminated dot over the same target. Again, for me, having sort of seen the vision degrade and having gone from being able to have that nice crisp front sight picture to where it's like, oh man, what am I going to do? What solutions I have? Because this isn't going to work for me anymore. It is, and I don't know that I would use the word dramatic, but it is, it's, it's, an, it's nice to have a solution that actually works. It's nice to have something that allows me to still be able to train and to still be able to maintain confidence in my, in my skill set. Anyway, I hope that answers some of your questions, and I hope I understood maybe what you were asking. But thanks for sending that stuff in. I appreciate it. Uh, Thomas was the only bit of feedback that we got today. Uh, I don't think we got anything over on Facebook. If we did, I didn't see it. Um, if you ever, well, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit now. If you ever want to make sure that your uh, question or your feedback, whatever you want to call it, gets to me. The, the absolute 100% best way to do it is to just send me a, send it to me in an email, whether that's just a regular email or whether that is uh, doing your own recording and sending me the either the WAV file or the MP3 file. All right, let's talk a little bit more, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with the RMR stuff. But this last time when I was at the at the range, I shot uh, quite a bit. I shot about a, probably about 100 rounds or so. And I'm getting better with it. I shot one of the uh, IDPA targets. It was—it's not a the cardboard one. It's just one that's on paper. 
And what I was able to do is they've got the letters where the A, B, C, and D zones are. And so I would just shoot at that those letters. So I was able to do have five or six different places to shoot. I also had a, a human silhouette target. And I would shoot at the head. Then I would shoot at the shoulders. I would shoot at the uh, bottom part where maybe the hips would be, you know, right and left. So I was able to try and pick different spots to shoot. And it actually, it came out pretty good. Um, like I said, I, my accuracy is improving. I'm getting to be a little bit more familiar with what I want to do, that type of thing. I'd mentioned before that I do want to try the uh, Leupold Delta Point Pro and kind of see how that goes and see which one I actually want to do for carry. With the current system that I have now with the, uh, with the outer impact plate, and because I'm still sort of learning, I am not using the RMR and Glock setup for a everyday carry. I'm still using my um, the VP9. And uh, eventually, I think probably what will happen is once I decide on which optic for sure that I want to use, whether that's the Delta Point Pro, which I'd, I need to get some trigger time with that. Um, so as you guys know, I'm out in Arizona. I'm out in the Phoenix area. But if there's anybody that's out there that has one, and uh, maybe we could meet up and go shooting and I could get a little bit of trigger time on there and kind of see uh, what I think, whether you have the triangle or the dot, it wouldn't really matter to me either way. But I, I do want to check that out. I think, was I, maybe I'm hallucinating. It just popped in my head. Isn't, I think Holosun is maybe going to come up with their own their own pistol mounted red dot, or maybe I'm, maybe I dreamed that, or maybe I, maybe it was a different company, but I also heard that Holosun is also coming up with a green, uh, a green reticle on some of their, on some of their optics. So that is one thing that maybe once I get a little bit more money and once I get a little bit more things kind of settled down, I wouldn't mind trying a Holosun. I've heard a lot of good things about them. So, but anyway, I think that's going to kind of maybe wrap it up for RMR talk and that type of stuff. Um, other than just the, the final thing will be to say is eventually I will have the slide milled. I think that's probably going to be the best way to do it uh, and have it, I'll have it milled for a specific optic and I will probably be having that on the VP nine and we'll have to, we'll have to kind of see how that goes at, and uh, I'll, but I will keep you guys informed with that stuff. Now on other fronts, if you guys remember I think it was last show or maybe the show before last, I was talking about that, well, hey, if the Polymer 80, if that lower works with a Glock slide, a 17 slide or a 19 or a 21 or 26, excuse me, uh, slide, why wouldn't the, why wouldn't that lower work with an Advantage Arms conversion kit for the Glock 17? Now, I went on their website and of course, they they do not recommend that you use that because they say that it's it's not quite in spec. This, that, and the other thing. And I think they understand that you probably have to modify their actual product a little bit in order to get it to run properly with that polymer eighty lower. Now, I saw a couple of guys on YouTube that did that, and they made a few modifications to it. And it seemed, and then now, and now what they're saying is that it can pretty much run whatever ammo they want to put through it. 
So I saw that Brownells had a sale. I think it's probably done for by now. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. They have a Polymer 80. Some of their lowers are for sale. And they're normally around about like 150 bucks or so. And I think they're going for about 120. At the time, Brownells also had, or when I ordered this, also had free shipping. So I went ahead and got the the 80% lower, which comes with the, the mills and the drill bits. And it also comes with a little jig that you need. And then I also ordered the lower parts kit for Glock. So what I will do once I get that, and I'll try and actually film what I'm doing with that stuff, I will put the upload the video to Facebook and YouTube, and I'll try and get it over on Instagram as well. But what I think I'll have to do is I will have to fit the upper for that Advantage Arms kit, which may be a little bit different than what I'm going to need to do if I was just using a regular Glock 17 slide. But again, I don't really have too much of a problem with it in that I just wanted to get this to be a, a dedicated 22 pistol. And in that vein, I also ordered the, the color that I got of the, of the lower was Robin Eggs Blue because I wanted it to be something where immediately you look at, you know, okay, that's, the, that's our 22 type thing. So anyway, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Hopefully, maybe by end of this week, start of next week, I'll get that and kind of let you guys uh, know how that went. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't, I don't think, I think that's about it as far as red dot stuff and different pistol stuff. I'm trying to think if I ordered anything else or did anything else. Oh, I've, uh, a while back I talked about that I, I always wanted to get a Rifle Dynamics AK, but there, for me, the, the price is just a little bit much and I'm sort of doing some other things now and I've got some other I'd have to sell a couple other rifles that I have. And when I was thinking about that, I have a, a, a SIG 556R, which I kind of liked, but eh, I don't know. Uh, I never had the problems because mine was the Gen 2. I never had the problems that anybody else had. All my, uh, the, all my metal, all my steel AK mags all worked in there. I don't have any P-Mags, AKP mags or anything like that, but uh, I had some Tapcos and they worked in there. And like I said, all my uh, either European or Comblock stuff, the magazines that I have all fit in there and ran no problem. But it's one of those things where that's going to kind of go on the, on, the, uh, on the altar for sacrifice for me to be able to get a, to get a Rifle Dynamics AK. And then I've got another I've also got that I've had for years, but I just don't shoot it anymore. I've got a Robinson Arms XCR. And there are things, a lot of things I like about it, but I don't like it enough to maybe keep it. And so I'm, if I can get those two sold and if I can get a decent enough price to help knock down the price of the Rifle Dynamics AK, then I'll go ahead and get that. Now, you guys also know that years and years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I bought a AK from a local builder. The guy turned out to be kind of a, a bit of a wacko, but at the time I was so new, I didn't know. Uh, and had I known what I known, had I known 
then what I know now, I don't think I would have bought it from him. I think I would have probably saved up my pennies and got one from from Jim Fuller over at Rifle Dynamics. I would have just cut to the chase and done that. But, you know, live and learn. But anyway, I've still got that. It's a little bit different in that it has like a Nodak uh, receiver. It's got a Romanian uh, parts kit on there. Mine, I think, is from 1978. And so the it's it's back when those were still relatively decent quality. Uh, so what I've been doing with that is, and I've been doing this for the past few years, and I've, I've been getting things in as stuff comes goes on sale and kind of comes in, I'll pick things up for it. I'm trying to sort of upgrade that particular AK. And even though it was made by a quote-unquote, you know, custom builder, there are there are some things that probably... Well, it kind of sticks, so I need to polish the rail. I need to fix, I need, and this is some of the stuff that I've been talking about. I need to, so when you pull the bolt back, if you let it come slowly, it'll stick. So either the rails are out of spec or the Tapco trigger, the G2 trigger that I have, I just need to kind of round off some of those humps to where it slides in a little bit better. Um, some of the fit and finish issues with the gun, again, at the time I didn't know, uh, but there are a few things like when they put the stock on, they didn't put it all the way in the way it's supposed to go. So anyway, I ended up getting a, uh, I think it was from Definitive Arms. Is that the name of it? Anyway, they had a, a, a stock adapter where you can, you put it into the back of the AK and then it allows you to take a buffer tube from an AR and you can pop that in. So I've got a mil-spec buffer tube that was on sale for like, 10 bucks or something. And then Damage Industries had a stock that was the TI-7 or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it was only like $22 or something like that. So I went ahead and got that. And so hopefully those will come in this week. And if once that comes in, I will go ahead and get some pictures of them, maybe get some video and, and uh, try and take that. I might go out to that range out in uh, Casa Grande and shoot out there, see if I can't get some filming of it. But uh, I'll go over and do some of that stuff. So like I said, I'm trying to sort of upgrade that thing and get that thing to where it's in a little bit better shape and a little bit a little bit more reliable. I haven't had any real problems with it other than the rail sort of sticking a little bit. Now, it doesn't do that when you're firing. When you're firing, the gun cycles and kicks everything out and it sort of eats everything up. But like I said, there are a few things here and there that I kind of uh, wish that I think the front sights are slightly maybe canted just a touch on there, even though, again, it was sort of with the builder. And I know su supposedly sometimes they say, well, if you're using a parts kit, you sort of get what you get. But again, that's one of the reasons why I'd really like to get a uh, Rifle Dynamics AK, just because I know that they're doing stuff where they're they're getting their own trunnion made. They're, you know, they're doing tons and tons of more stuff and they're, they're kind of like hand in glove with how some of these parts are getting made so that they're getting made to their specifications and they're doing things that to where they're going to be eventually, they're going to be, I think the ones that they're going to get everything figured out to where you can make all American made AK with all American parts and, uh, and get them to where they're good and reliable guns that'll just last you forever. So, uh, let's see. What else, what else, what else? 
This will be a little bit on the uh, sort of Arizona-centric side in that there are a few bills that are coming through. I'm not going to bore you with the actual bill numbers or anything like that, but there's one where they are trying to uh, get a thing where if you were going through bankruptcy, I think it gives you an exemption for your firearms so that the your, your the state couldn't make you sell every firearm that you had I think they would have to leave you with probably X amount or something, or they may be all the way exempt. I don't know, just because you're you still have the right to keep and bear arms, that type of thing. So we'll. I'm not. And again, I don't have all the details to that. Um, let's see what else was there. With without again without going into too much details, basically the 16th. If the bills hadn't made it out of committee, they're pretty much they're pretty much dead. So. The ones that are kind of out and up there are, again, the ones, like I said, about the bankruptcy. There's one that has something to do with Child Protective Services, which I don't know. Maybe if you were having, if somebody had reported you or there was something like that, um, it has something to do with like how you store guns or something, or I don't know, or it's something that somebody can't trump up charges and then you have to, you're forced to get rid of everything just because you're going through a process. I don't know. Uh, there's also something about, I think it is, it, it wouldn't allow colleges or universities to ban things like pepper spray or what they would consider maybe non-lethal, non-lethal weapons, I guess, maybe for lack of a better term. Uh, what else was there? There was something about, I see, I did the bankruptcies of them. I think there was a thing that would say that, oh, that's right. There was a deal that was was trying to do for, I think, the state militia, and it would remove the upper age limit for militia members. Now, I think that the way that the militias worked out here is that, according to Arizona Constitution, I think if you were in between the age of 18 up to, I think, 45, or maybe it was 46, I can't remember which, you would be considered to be in the militia type thing or eligible for it to be in the militia. And they've been wanting to kind of get rid of this upper age limit for a while because it would, it, it just, it's one of those things where you say, well, what's the big deal or what does that mean? Or why does that matter? It's one of those things where if things ever took a turn for the worse and they said, well, only militia, militia members or militia aged people can own firearms or you have to be in a militia. But if you're over 45 or, or, or whatever, then you can't be in it. You have to surrender any weapon. So if, if everything took a turn for the worse, but if there was no, if there were no upper age limit and something really kind of took a turn South, then you could some, let's say somebody my age who's over 45, I could join a militia and still then be, you know, under the auspices of the law say, well, I've, you know, I, I can still re- retain weapons, something like that. It's one of those things where it's, it's kind of just an extra, you know, strap in your armor, so to speak, type thing. So, or, you know, or that type of thing. I think there was one other thing. I think they had a thing. I got an email from the other day. It was saying something about there's some marksmanship program or something like that, but I can't remember. Uh, and it may be, it may be something similar to the civilian marksmanship program, but maybe it's more Arizona centric. I don't, again, I don't know on that. So anyway, oh, and you know, speaking of that, one of these, one of these days I need to get my, find my way back to Appleseed and do that again. I had a lot of fun when I did it that uh, last time. When I uh, get it, 
get ready to do it again. What we'll do is maybe see if we can't get a group of us going down there, uh, get some of the Arizona boys. I know sometimes they do stuff up in Kingman. Sometimes they do stuff down in Tucson. I think they used to do them down here in Phoenix, but I don't. Uh, the last time I looked at the Appleseed website, they didn't have any shoots out in Phoenix. It was it looked like it was primarily just Kingman and Tucson. So I don't know maybe if they lost the volunteer that they had or the, the system that they had set up here. I don't know. So anyway, but like I said, if that uh, if that comes up again enough in a, if it, and if it is in enough in advance, there we go. I'd like to see if we can't get a group going. Also, one other thing, I know that just because of the nature of the show, and this is going to be maybe sound like a little bit of begging, and probably because it is, the nature of how I was very sporadic in how I put the shows out. My numbers have kind of slipped from what they once were, from their once great glory. So if you have any friends that you think would like the show or would get a kick out of it or think this might be their bag, that type of thing. Um, also, I want to sort of, you know, let them know, but also I, I want to sort of push and try and get maybe a little bit of a an actual a shooter's club and not like a virtual shooter's club, I, although I wouldn't mind doing that as well. But I'd actually like to get a a group of us together out here in Arizona that where we could go out and and even if we only met maybe once a month or something, just so everybody's schedules could could kind of get meshed up and uh, maybe we could meet up at the uh, shooting range down at Casa Grande just because it's a little bit easier to get uh, it's just open range and it's free it doesn't cost anything so but anyway uh, let me know if you guys want to do that if they and heck if we start with just two or three of us that'd be fine too um, but I'd like to to build up a little bit more of a community and again I'd like to kind of get the numbers up and going again so let's see what I think there was one other thing I also wanted to talk about and it's slipping my feeble brain. I'm sure after I close out, then I'll remember. Let's see, I think I talked about. I talked about. Yeah, I think I've, I think I pretty much covered most stuff for this week. So, all right, I think I will go ahead and call the show to a close. So, if you want to contact me, remember we've got the voicemail two zero six seven four five two seven three one. We also have the Email address for emails and audio, and that is firearmscafe at gmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. All right, I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.